0: Last time on adequately Advanced Magic.
1: Yeah, with surprising ninja skills, you are able to very quietly lift up this manhole cover and then slide it over to the side. The three of you roll up to just outside of Hortense's apartment.
2: Well, we actually had a, a question about something that we came across that maybe you, you could help us with. Back in the day, people would catch
1: pixies and imprison them in devices as such. Usually these devices require keys. You do vaguely remember that Audrey asked you to bring back that sculpture for her. Okay, how heavy is it? i try. And, I try and lift it. It's about 150 pounds. Oh, oh no! The three of you head over to the other side of the roof and you peer down. You do see that there's a series of balconies that would lead you back
2: down. Is there a large pile of hay anywhere?
1: Two thirds of the party nurses their wounds inflicted to them by gravity. The three of you head back toward the museum. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. Hukir, Jack, and Niklaus, the three of you plop down from the balcony, from the edge of the Calamonte neighborhood, and you find yourselves outside of it. You don't see a particularly large police presence, and the streets are relatively normal. The three of you head back to the museum. The trip back is uneventful, and you find yourself back in the Museum of Falcon's Reach.
3: Home sweet home.
0: We have a new addition, the sculpture.
2: <laughs> I'm surprised you carried that thing the whole way. It looked pretty heavy. Yeah, it's alright. It's
0: alright. But um it's wearing this red cocktail dress too. <laughs> <laughs> I completely felt that actually. I wonder if anybody is uh it's in my notes. I wonder if anybody was looking at us funny, but I don't think so. <laughs>
2: I'm sure we're not the strangest thing that they see on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, like, I suppose we should go find Aldry and uh, what's the name of the goblin? Gobzu? Gobzu. 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 Okay. Let's go find find those two.
1: Yeah. The three of you head into the museum. After traversing the corporate propaganda ads again, you find the two of them <laughs> in the room where where the three of you defeated the Gelatinous Cube. The two of them are just sort of hanging out.
0: Are they like buddies now, or are they kind of just chatting? They're just sort of chatting. Okay, okay.
1: Audrey sees the three of you guys come in, and she says, Oh, hey, guys.
3: Hi, Audrey. Uh, Cops are all over your place. Yeah, I figured. We saw the uh, corporate folks, too.
0: Virginia and
3: Jerry. Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Galzar>. <laughs> they they said his real name Galzar or something, but I I just get, get the feeling he also goes by Jerry.
1: Yeah, you know he does sort of look like a Jerry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they were searching your place. Any idea why they were searching your place?
1: No, not really. Hmm. Probably just looking for clues to find me. Right? Makes sense. I see. Why
3: do they want you back so much?
1: Ah, uh, she's she she sort of rubs the back of her head. Well, you know, proprietary secrets and all that. How long
3: have you been out? Mm, i I'd say it's been about a year or so. So they've waited a year before, I mean, a year's a long time for someone to sell proprietary secrets.
1: Well, How I'd you... like to think that I just hid really well. But I see that y'all brought back my sculpture and also one of my cocktail dresses.
0: We had to hide it, you know, put on a disguise. But yeah, you can have your statue back, your sculpture. Okay. Yeah. Could you could you hand it to me? Yeah. Sure. Jack kind of Jack carries the cocktail dress for himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he takes off the cocktail dress and like just slings the cocktail dress over his shoulder and then steps back to present the
3: <laughs> statue.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. A little a little thing appears in the top left of
1: your screen. It says, "Audrey will ignore that." <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is it? That's what Jack. The asked. statue. Yeah. Jack asks, like, "What? Well, yeah. What does it mean?"
1: Oh yeah, it's just a sculpture
0: Mm.
1: Hey, could you hand me that wrench over there?
0: Yeah, sure Jack goes gets it and hands it over
1: Jack, you hand the wrench over to Audrey And then she does a bit of a wind-up And then she just smashes the wrench into the sculpture
3: Oh,
0: Jack gasps
3: Oh, it's gonna be an avant-garde piece (laughs) (laughs) She says, yeah, I always hated this one Oh, so you haven't hidden something important in it? You just want to beat it to pieces?
1: Oh, no, I did. She heads ah. over to the sculpture, and she rummages around in there. She pulls out what appears to be a purse, and then hands it to Jack.
0: What do you want me to do?
2: Is that the matching purse for the cocktail dress? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a matching shade of red.
0: Ooh. Fancy. Audrey, should I open this? Yeah, it's
1: for, it's for you guys.
0: Alright, Jack opens it up and looks inside and shows it to the others. What's inside?
1: Jack, inside you find 185 gold. Woohoo! You also find a weird diskette. As you raise it up to look at it, you see inside that there is some embedded Magitite and Magitech. There are some, there's some lettering written on one of the flat sides.
0: When you say disk, is it like a circular disk or like a floppy disk or diskette?
1: It's like a semi-transparent floppy disk. What is it? Yeah, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> cool.
1: I found it one day when I was going through some factories, and I even I even I couldn't really figure out what it's for. I think it goes into something else.
3: Well, that does Simon seem like something a corp would want back. I don't know.
2: Does it have any type of writing on it at all?
1: Yeah, there's some instructions on one of the flat sides.
3: It basically just says to insert it or something, or... Insert into slot B. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it in common, or yeah, a secret it's common. corporate language? What's it say?
1: Here, here. you sidle up to Jack and you take a look at the disc. It says, one-time use. Insert into player. Press play. Go to sleep. To the left of that, there is an icon with a syringe
3: and a band-aid. Hmm. Huh. Is it some sort of mind-control device? Very mysterious. And you have no idea what the player's supposed to be, Audrey? Nah, I've never seen one before.
2: Well, I guess we can hold on to that. Yeah.
3: Yes,
1: something to look into, I guess. But man, guys, Gobzu was telling me all these crazy things about goblin politics. It's nuts.
2: What was he saying? <laughs>
1: Gobzu is- gobsu is actually still in the room.
0: He's always so quiet and just sits there and listens.
3: Quietly stroking the pixie container. Right? Yeah. What in particular is so crazy? Well, there's
1: there's like a whole election system. Some people don't like the Godfather. Some people do. <laughs> it's all complicated and stuff. You can tell that Audrey doesn't really have a good grasp on <laughs> <laughs> politics. <laughs> Anyways, what else did y'all do?
3: Climb some stairs.
0: i climbed a lot of stairs. I'm still kind of tired. Tiptoed over a uh,
2: crevasse. We had a great drink at the rooftop bar on the Tabu building. We did. Oh
1: I yeah, I've been there before. Like. Sort of pricey.
2: It was very pricey. See,
1: that's how they get you. They make you climb 20 flights of stairs.
0: <laughs> and you're thirsty. Thank we you talked to a friend.
2: we pay for the elevator.
0: We talked to a friend about the uh, pixie. What did he say again?
2: Yeah, Hortense said that there should be a key that's used to open the box.
3: Gabzu.
1: Gabzu says, oh yeah, no, that's, that's my name. <laughs>
3: Do you know about the key that opens the box? The canister?
1: No, not not really. If if anybody has the key, it's probably the, the godfather.
3: That's what I suspected. Can I take a look at the canister? Uh, yeah, he hands it over. I'm going to take a look and look for keyhole or other opening um, mechanism.
1: Yeah, do a investigate check.
3: To which I have an amazing bonus of zero. And I rolled a two.
1: Here here, You are able to find the keyhole, but (laughs) to you, it just looks like a hole in which
3: you put a key. Looks like a normal keyhole to me, guys. I sort of hold it out if anyone else wants to take a look.
2: Yeah, I see if there's a, if it looks like a familiar type of key or like if I've come across something like that before.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you do a
3: intelligence check?
2: Intelligence. Okay. That's going to be a nat one.
3: We are starting off with a bang today. And I don't
2: have any inspiration left, so that's all what it was anyway.
1: You take a look at the keyhole, and your your primate brain is just like, key go into hole, <laughs> door open. That's about it.
2: We'll probably have to have a talk with the Godfather at some point.
3: Uh, Gobsy,
0: what do you think about that? Should we go talk to the Godfather?
3: You, I uh, we're, we're not going to talk to the Godfather if we show I mean, up there again. I mean, I say...
2: I say have a talk. I mean, I meant that like figuratively.
3: Uh, Uh Ah, like have a serious talk. No, I think he means fight. Probably kill. Oh, maim at least
2: before he dies. We get him to hand us the key.
0: What if we kidnap
2: him? We could.
0: If he's if he's about to die, he's got nothing else to live for. But if he has life to cling on to, (laughs) of course, we
2: might just find the key on his corpse.
0: That's true. That's true. have any chance of that? Any chance your godfather carries the key? Or do you know if so he has a secret vault or something?
1: Well, I don't I don't know if he carries it with him, but I also, you know, would prefer that that my goblin brothers not die. Mm. But they were using this pixie. I mean, they were using the pixie to survive.
2: Mm. Did everyone know that that's how you guys got the pixie dust?
1: It's sort of an an open secret.
2: Amongst
3: uh, the goblins?
1: Yeah, pixie dust has to come from somewhere. That is true. Do they, they don't sp- b-
3: Do you think one pixie produces enough pixie dust for your clan's businesses, production, drugs?
1: Definitely enough to for us to buy weapons and that those those weapons allow us to maintain our territories. Hmm. You see, back in the day, apparently goblins just sort of ran around and were sort of small. <laughs> but since since we have weapons now, we can protect ourselves better.
3: That is for sure but at the cost of this pixie's freedom.
1: Yeah, did you guys learn anything about the pixie?
2: Hortens did say that it can take a while for the for the pixie to start showing negative like side effects of being held in the box, right? So we could, if what Gobsu's saying is correct, that the only way the Godfather could afford weapons is by selling the pixie dust. Just wait for the weapons they have to run out, and then the, they'll be in a quite desperate situation and if we have a solution for them that involves not the pixie maybe they can uh, get money a different way Hmm. because they don't really care about the dust they just want money for weapons
0: Mm-hmm. to protect themselves
2: so says gobzu
0: yeah so says gobzu yes that's my name I'm here
2: well what what are you protecting
0: yourselves from
3: <laughs> you really are new to this area
0: <laughs>
1: everybody pretty much hmm like bugbears, orcs,
0: people.
2: You just go buy a bunch of uh, powerful weapons and then trade that for the key.
0: Hmm. So we have to find an yeah, arms dealer. but
3: here's the thing: the the pixie is sort of an ongoing asset. Like it's more viable to continue to have the pixie than it is to have a shipment of weapons.
2: Not if the weapons are more powerful than the weapons they've had before. Because they had like what swords and a few like only a handful of magic pistols.
3: I think so. All right, so. but where, where are we going to get those?
2: I mean, you don't have to get it right now. the The pixie should be safe for the short term. Okay. So when we find more powerful weaponry, we can just kind of keep that in mind. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So for now, we don't do anything about the pixie yet.
3: Unless you want to fight the entire Red Knife Clan. Nah, no thanks. Or find someone who can open locks.
0: But I suppose if we if we set the pixie free, then we've lost our. Uh... We've lost our whatever have. I mean, we if have. you set
3: the pixie free, we don't care about the Red Knife Clan anymore. Yeah.
0: But they'll care about us. They'll probably try and- That's
3: yes. But as long as we lock the front door, we should be fine. <laughs> so, Joey, mm-hmm?
2: what does Niklaus think the chances of the knock spell working on the box being?
1: Do a wisdom check. 17. Nice. From your previous experience using the Nox spell, you recall that there is a very loud sound that accompanies it. Mm -hmm. And given the fact that the pixie is floating in some sort of liquid, you feel like the sound waves, which travel faster in liquids, would not be very beneficial for the pixie's health.
2: It's an incompressible fluid. Makes sense. Science. (laughs) I figured it wouldn't be so easy, Niklaus thinks to himself. (laughs) Well, if uh, we're going to table the pixie for now, the other thing we need to do is get inside Canaloon, And I think Audrey said that her sister could help us.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to get back home.
2: Yeah, my
1: sister could help us. But there's a slight hitch. I don't exactly know where she is right now, but I do know someone who does. Who's that? It's this information broker of sorts. He's just a couple of neighborhoods away.
2: Going by the name, I'm guessing he's not going to give us this information for free.
3: Nothing comes for free in this part of the world. Or city. This part of the city. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's worth giving What's a What's your sister's though? name? Constance.
0: Constance? Isn't Constance the name of that person on that wanted poster? Do y'all remember that?
2: I do remember a wanted poster. Don't remember the name. I think you might be remembering correctly, but...
0: Audrey, is oh. your sister wanted for something by the police?
2: Yeah, possibly. Something I did about write down Constance earlier, yeah.
0: Forgery of artwork or something, maybe?
3: Oh. Yeah, that was what was on the wanted poster. Yeah. Is
0: that why you don't know where she is, Audrey? Because she's also running and hiding?
1: Yeah, also we're just not that close. Oh.
0: Well, if we do find this information person, do you want to send us a message to her? From you?
2: You can always come with
0: us. That's true as well.
2: Yeah, I was just
1: thinking we all go together.
2: Alright, alright. I mean, you guys
3: have something in common now. You're both on the run. Constantly. Yep, I just found the Wonder Poster. Constantly. Constantly. Alleged involvement in counterfeit art scheme. Alleged what? Counterfeit art scheme. Counterfeit. Alleged scheme. involvement in a counterfeit art scheme. Alleged.
0: Alright, we're off to see this information broker then, yeah? And if we're all going, Gobzi, you're coming with us? Well, I don't I don't want to be here by myself, so Yes.
2: I did want to ask you, Gobzu, do you have any ideas for how to get the pixie out? Do you have suggestions about how we could do that?
1: No, I don't really have anything.
2: All right, if you think of something, if an idea comes to you, share it with the group. All right. We value
3: your opinion. One of us, one of us.
1: Yeah, Gobzu begins thinking really hard. He sort of scrunches up his face.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Okay, we'll, we'll leave them like that for right now. So uh, <laughs> we are, should we make a trip to the broker? Yeah, let's go. All right, we, I kind of like pull Gobstool along.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the three of you
1: head out with Audrey leading the way.
2: I do ask Audrey. So Audrey, I saw a photo in your apartment that you used to work at a company called Ronin. Oh, yeah. And you were some type of engineer. It looks like there was a big group.
1: Niklaus, go ahead and do a insight check.
2: It's going to be a nine.
1: Yeah, Niklaus, you don't notice anything in particular. Audrey responds, Yeah, back when I was in the company, I had my own team.
2: Did you um ever say why you left? Like Something must have happened, right?
1: Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it right now.
2: I understand. Those kinds of things can be um, tough. Yeah. Niklaus, you used to work at one of the companies? Uh, yeah, I worked for Valdivian. How'd that go? Well... Things kind of didn't go the way that I thought it would, and the company was probably doing things that I don't think I would really agree with. Well,
1: that's a pretty good barometer for telling if you're a good
2: person or not, right? <laughs> you could say that.
0: Were you one of the hunter people in the boots and stuff?
2: You mean the buyer? Yeah. No, I was never involved with the operations side. I was more in the accounting division.
0: Accounting, huh? Yeah. It's like the numbers?
2: Yeah, budgets and cash flows. Oh. I was in the uh, the audit department.
0: Sounds complicated. It paid well. <laughs> It'd be nice to have some money.
2: It was nice to have money.
0: <laughs> Do you still have some of that <laughs> stored up somewhere?
2: No, all, all of my accounts were seized by Valdivian when I went on the run from them.
0: Why'd you run from them?
2: Um, Couldn't you just quit? No, there was a issue with an account. And I didn't. The numbers didn't add up Uh oh. I... And when I tried to look into it, I was brushed aside. And so I kind of uh, broke in and <clears throat> looked at the files myself. Dang, that's brave. It was stupid. It was what it was.
1: Audrey leads the three of you guys in Gobzu to what appears to be a very shady looking cabaret. In big letters above the door, in bright lights, you see the words Moulin Rogue. <laughs> Occasionally with the light, well, the lights were like the E goes out, and some dude who's just sitting on a ladder nearby has to go up and poke it a couple of times.
2: Well, looks like a nice place.
0: I hope there's no entrance fee.
1: (laughs) Next to the doorway is a box office. Oh, geez. Does
2: this mean there's a door?
1: Yeah, there's a doorway underneath the letters.
2: What time of day is it?
1: At this point, it's late afternoon. Does it
2: appear open?
1: Yeah, it does appear open inside the rather small box office is just this hulking minotaur. Wow. He sort of looks at you guys with a look that says you guys coming in or not? Guess we should go in.
2: Audrey, I'm guessing this is the place?
1: Yeah, this is the place. Do we have to pay to get in or
2: is there like a... Pack? Yeah,
1: we got We usually gotta pay for, pay for a show.
2: Is there a sign that says how much it is?
1: Yeah, there's a sign close to the box office that says 15 gold per show.
2: Well, nothing for it. I guess we just gotta pay. Yep. Jack,
0: I guess he still has the purse with the gold. He, he kind of looks in and is like, well, we can use some of this gold, but uh, for, for safekeeping after we pay, can I just give the remainder to you, Niklaus, since you're keeping the rest of the gold too? That's fine. All right, so Jack takes out, well, he can't do really do the math very quickly, so what's, what's five times 15? So we have five people, right?
2: 75? Just just ask. Just say you want tickets for everybody and then yeah. make them do the math. Yeah. All right. Make Joey Jack. do the math. <laughs> is
0: there a is there a discount for a goblin?
1: <laughs> what do you say? Is he half a person?
0: <laughs> no, no, just <laughs> uh, maybe he's like a love child or something. No anyways, um Uh so Jack goes over to the Minotaur and looks at how big and muscular he is and uh says kind of meekly so we want tickets for five people
1: the minotaur snorts You're pretty sure you see some steam coming out of its nostrils <laughs>
2: just fogs up
0: the ticket window
1: <laughs> yeah it fogs up the ticket
2: window <laughs> does he have like the the ring through the nose
0: yep
1: <laughs> nice he says all right which show do you want
2: uh whatever's
0: whatever's up the soonest whatever's up next right right guys yeah, we just want to get in. Yeah, the the, the next show. Whatever it is. No, not, not picky.
1: There's two. They start at the same time.
0: Alright, what, what are the options?
1: He raises a finger and he points upward at one of the signs.
0: Jack looks up. What does it say?
1: The first show says, Wolf News presents Life of a Magitech Salesman. <laughs> <laughs> the other show underneath that says, Wolf News presents... The Rise and Fall of Ziggy, except this one has the Wolf News part crossed out and instead it says Orkish Performance Troupe.
3: Do we know what Ziggy is a reference to? Do a history check. So now,
0: character in the wire.
2: Out of character, I know
3: what it is. I mean, I remember the terrible comic strip.
0: Oh, 19.
2: Haha.
1: <laughs> Ziggy is a relatively famous bard. From several hundred years ago, in the pre magitech times.
2: Ziggy Starfall was he an orc?
1: He was not an orc.
2: but orc I kind of want to see the live performance. Like,
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, now, the, now yeah. my curiosity's up.
0: So we're gonna get we're gonna get the Ziggy one. That, that, that's all right with y'all.
3: I think so. Sounds right. good to
0: me. All right, sir, F- uh, five five tickets for for the Ziggy one. Okay. <laughs> uh, how much is it gonna be? Seventy five gold. 75. All right. So Jack Romages pulls out 75 gold and slides it under through the slot. One at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? What denomination? Did not is it denomination? Like what? What? What gold pieces? Is it just one at a time, or is it like?
3: Yeah, I guess they're yes. just ones. <laughs> oh my. Typically, gosh. I mean, in D and D, Joey can do what he wants, but <laughs> so there's a lot of the... hand waving about people running around with thousands of gold pieces on their yeah. person.
1: Yeah, we'll probably just hand wave it. We can say that there's, like, gold dollars. Gold bills. They're just slabs. Okay. (laughs) All
3: right, all right, sir, is that enough? They're really heavy, though, so they double as a bludging weapon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he hands you five tickets for the next viewing of The Rise and Fall of Ziggy.
0: Jack snatches them and is
3: relieved to get away from the big, strong creature. You're a big, strong creature. Yeah, no, Nicholas
2: but... actually compares the muscles on Jack versus <laughs> the muscles on the Minotaur. How do they measure up? In terms of tone,
1: <laughs> Jack might win, but the Minotaur is large and is quite beefy, like an offensive lineman. <laughs> Maybe in terms of what is it, the the fat percentage?
0: Oh, oh, yeah, where well, they actually measure the fat, like they send electrical pulses. Yeah, like so.
1: the this is how you can tell that none of us work out
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we don't we don't care so much about that we care about <laughs> others <things. You>,
1: yeah. <laughs> by body fat percentage you can probably tell that jack is more lean the minotaur is hulking and quite large though. so he has so, so overall, an aesthetic. advantage
0: in pure mass
2: overall aesthetic how would you give him a score if you were a bodybuilding judge <laughs>
0: You gotta go with the Minotaur, right? That, like, all the bodybuilders are, like, actual, have big muscles everywhere. They're not very functional. I mean, that's a matter
1: of personal preference, I feel. Okay. So, that's a decision you have to make, Niklaus.
2: <laughs> Whoever's got the bigger lats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you look at the Minotaur and you look at Jack, and you look at the Minotaur and you look at Jack, you're pretty sure Jack's lats are bigger.
2: That's my boy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> this this is going to be an ongoing thing now, Jack. Anytime someone strong and <laughs> muscly comes by, cool. <laughs>
0: Jack is also Jack is also getting used to uh, being strong. So he, in his mind, he still thinks he's like a normal person. So he has to be reminded that he is not who
3: he used to be. Okay. Hercure says thank you to the uh, Minotaur and walks in.
0: Uh, Jack hands the rest of the gold to Niklaus and also walks in and hands a tickets to everybody. Uh, Gobzu says, Oh, what are we what are we watching? The story of Ziggy. This is pretty cool.
1: I've never I've never been to a place like this before.
0: Me either. Mm, I'm also my first son as well. Should be fun. The five of you head into the cabaret.
1: Not far from the ticket booth is a stylish young tiefling woman who really should be wearing more clothes. She extends her hands out to accept your tickets.
3: I hand her my ticket.
0: Yeah, What's it what's a tiefling?
3: Oh. They're like a half demon. Okay, so they tend to have horns and tails and whatnot. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah.
2: Think uh, Hellboy. Okay. Red also red. Yeah, they'll be red or purple or. Okay.
1: Yeah, there's there's a there's a variety. We can say this one is red. Okay.
3: But you said they, they come in it? all colors of the rainbow.
2: Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> now we're gonna describe her horns. Does she have like <laughs> gazelles, straight? Are they the curved?
0: they it off like elephants.
1: like
2: ram's horns like where they spiral a little bit what's, what's what are we working with
1: they're somewhat short cool. they're relatively straight coming in about 30
0: degrees so kind of like goat horns probably not a good idea to touch them right Not without, no,
2: without
3: our be,
0: permission yeah that would yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> generally that's not good at anything here's
3: approach. what i'm going to tell you no one in the group's going to support you for anything that happens to you after <laughs> that
0: <laughs>
2: cool is she like that bored teenager at that at their work like look
3: vibe
1: yeah she has a pretty bored look on her face and she reads the ticket that you give her here, here and then with a somewhat laconic yet stylish twirl she points to the right
3: thank you i go to the right jack follows as well
1: yeah she takes all of your tickets The gang heads towards the right, which then leads into a theater room. The room itself has a bar in the back, and various tables set up in front of a stage. The show hasn't started yet, there's not all that many people here, just a couple of rather roguish figures. Audrey heads up to the bar, and she whispers something to the bartender. The bartender, an elvish dude of some grace waves her to come into the back audrey looks back at the rest of the party and she says i'll be right back you guys
0: enjoy the show
2: you don't need. you don't want any backup i'll come get you guys in a little bit okay
0: so there's one entrance way that we came into right came yeah. in from okay
1: yeah so as you enter the bar is to your right ahead of you are tables and chairs mm-hmm. and in front of that is the stage are there any emergency exits? Do a perception check.
3: Okay. We got a... Jack has some questions about OSHA Four. regulations.
0: Uh, I got a 15.
1: Yeah. There's an emergency exit to the back left of the stage. Back left.
0: Okay. Which I've always wondered, Jeremiah, is what is stage left? Is that when you're on the stage and that's on the left? Yes. Okay. Sure. That makes stage so much sense when from you from say as it As you're online. facing
3: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, in case... So Jack says there is an exit over there in case we have to get out. Or something
3: her here it's like
2: already taking a seat did the um <laughs> bartender leave or just like show her where to go
1: he leaves for a couple of seconds and then he comes back
2: i go up to the bartender and i just get a drink what do you order i just get like some kind of cocktail off the menu something that looks looks nice
1: mm-hmm. yeah he pours it to you and he slides it on over
2: the pay and i give him a tip i don't know how much the drink we'll
1: costs. just say it's five gold okay it's not some overpriced rooftop bar. <laughs> it's just
3: to a slightly
1: to overpriced tip.
2: dive. And then I take my seats with my friends. My delicious drink.
0: Jack, what are you doing? Jack, when when Niklaus was ordering, Jack just also goes down and sits next to her here And he's looking around if there's like snacks or anything, like peanuts or popcorn or something like that. <laughs> Is yes, there?
1: Yeah, a a the the same tiefling ticket taker comes in and takes orders
0: from the, the the four of you guys. Jack thinks about it, but then decides not that he's not really
2: that hungry and doesn't say anything.
0: He was hoping they were complimentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? But their chicken tenders are really good.
2: This is like um, this is on the like a menu, and at the top it says you know world famous Mulan Road chicken tender special. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah, we can roll with that. Jack remembers the uh, things about the minotaur and his muscles and realizes that chicken and protein are important for, uh, for muscle development and maintenance, so he puts an order for chicken tenders. Do you guys have, like, a, a family meal? Family bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, underneath the menu,
1: like, uh, underneath the part for the chicken tenders, there is, like, a, fi- <laughs> a family-style bucket of chicken tenders.
2: Nice. We'll get, we'll get that. <laughs>
1: All right, it'll be fifteen gold.
2: Okay, I pay it. I give, I give the tiefling three gold tip.
1: Ooh, she looks slightly less bored.
2: (laughs) Bring us three of every sauce you have (laughs) for dip. This is
0: Jack's excited because so Jack is like, hey, this
2: is better than
0: mystery meat. It actually says chicken. Yeah, I think everything up until now it's been it's been mystery meat.
2: I'm just like, look at the menu. Is there like a little asterisk next to the chicken? (laughs) Do
1: do an investigate check. 19. Yeah, there is an asterisk. And it takes you a couple of seconds to figure out where the asterisk connects to. Like you have to peruse both sides of the menu, and it's hidden in really small font on the side, and the writing is sideways.
2: What is it? What does it say? <laughs> uh,
1: and it says, "May or may not be real chicken."
2: Nicholas decides not to say anything. <laughs>
0: At least gonna say it was like may have been processed in a factory that processes mystery meat or something.
2: That one sounds better, actually. This is chicken. Chicken in this context is a trademarked brand name. (laughs) (laughs) Does
0: the show start?
1: Yeah, the chicken tenders come out, and then the show starts.
0: All right, let's see this show. The show begins.
1: The play tells the story of a bard in the old times, and this is a little bit weird for you guys because all of the actors and actresses are orcs. Seems normal. And it becomes very rapidly apparent to you that they rip this off of some some real play because there's some very anachronistic mentions of Magitech that shouldn't belong in the play. The bard in the story makes a deal with a devil for magical musical talent. The bard has like a great time basically frolicking throughout the country, putting on concerts, smooshing women. And one day, eventually, the demon comes calling to uphold the bard's end of the deal. And he basically demands that the bard retrieve something for him in the Nine Hells. The bard rather comedically tricks a few of his friends into joining him on his journey. And they all go to hell. After some shenanigans, the Bard discovers that what the devil is actually seeking is none other than the Bard's one true love, who due to certain circumstances was imprisoned in one of the nine hells. And refusing to give her up, the Bard and his friends heroically defeat the devil and free the Bard's one true love. And in the end, the bard gives up all of his magical musical talent to save her.
3: Wow, sounds like a heck of a D and adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Jack
0: is not impressed. He says, "So this Jeff guy doesn't believe in love." This this guy made a living singing songs.
3: It was a long time ago. It's a different time yeah, that's, then. That's true.
0: Actually, it's not that different. They're still like
3: roving bards.
1: No, but they're like pop stars now. Ah. Uh,
0: are there super, like, boy bands? Boy band balls? Yeah. BBBs?
1: K- K-pop groups? That's for kobold pop? Alright, everybody roll a wisdom saving throw. Uh-oh. It's gonna be a
2: 18 for Niklaus.
3: 13 for Hercure. 12 for Jack. Mm-hmm.
2: Hercure and
1: Jack, despite not really being into it, you find yourself sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs>
0: oh. Oh. Why do I feel this way?
1: Kavzi was like, "Oh my God, that was that was the saddest thing I've ever seen before."
3: Kiku, you're also sobbing uncontrollably. He's also standing, cheering for the
1: orcs. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody is looking at Nicklaus as if he's a sociopath.
3: Well,
2: Nicklaus is just like chowing down on the tenders. <laughs> <laughs> you guys try the creamy marinara sriracha it's delicious jack says, i don't know I, I don't know if i can eat i mean after all those emotions that i don't know
3: how to call them her is eating chicken tenders while also <laughs> still crying uh, gobsy is like
1: i don't know if i can taste anything other than my tears <laughs> the bartender comes over to the four of you and he says the the manager will see you now.
3: Oh, great. Is our friend Do there? Do we get to meet the band? Yes, she'll meet you outside. Great. Herc here wipes his tears, his face off with uh, a napkin, grabs a chicken tender and heads out. Pull yourselves together. Jack you to snipples
0: deal. and snorts up all the snot and then uh, also <laughs> grabs a chicken tender.
1: Everybody takes a moment to collect themselves.
0: Whew
1: yeah the the four of you roll up to outside this door uh, that apparently leads to some sort of office audrey is standing outside and she says <laughs> oh man what the hell happened to y'all
3: it was a very moving performance they have great chicken tenders <laughs>
0: <laughs> words can't explain <laughs>
3: Do we go in now?
1: Audrey says, well, I got us a pretty, I think I got us a pretty good deal. Rogelio wants to meet y'all, though.
3: Is she the owner of this establishment?
1: Uh, he. He. But yes, he 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 owns this establishment.
3: What was his name?
1: Rogelio. So
0: do we go into the door?
1: Uh, yeah. Audrey's like, yeah, y'all can, y'all can go in. Gob, Gobzu can stay out here, though. She picks up Gobzu.
3: She picks him up. Aww. Yeah. All right. Anything we need to know before we uh, talk to this guy? Ah, uh, he'll 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 go over everything. Okay. Okay. Hercule shrugs and uh, opens the door, unless someone else is in front. No, you're good. No one <laughs> else wants to go in. All right. <laughs> I open the door. You opened the door. Combat music begins. Combat music
1: begins. The three of you roll into the office of the Lulin Rogue. On all sides of the walls of this office are paintings of a satyr.
3: The same satyr in all the, the pictures?
1: Yeah, it's paintings of the satyr, meeting. who you would presume to be famous people, except you recognize none of them. It's like when you go into like one of those restaurants where they have pictures gotcha. of them with famous people.
3: Yep, I guess Rogelio is a... Uh... Or are we pronouncing it the Hispanic, the Spanish way?
1: I think we should let Roy decide.
2: Mm, you do
3: Rogelio. Rogelio? Like a it's rogue. It's spelled rogue, like the class, and then Leo. I thought rogue. that might be Rogelio. <laughs> Rogelio. Rogelio. There I like that. <laughs> All right. Mulan rogue. Mulan one All by
2: right. Rogelio.
3: <laughs> that, 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 right. That's what we're rolling with. I guess he's a satyr. Do yeah. we see him, or is this just the... Another antechamber for the real office.
1: No, sitting behind another coca Coca-Bola desk is Rogelio, apparently. He, from the pictures and him sitting in front of you, he's wearing a glamorous gold and black vest and a pocket watch. There is a rather prominent cloud tattoo on his forearm, and then you're drawn to his horns and also, well, you can't see it from here, but... In the pictures, you see that he has a furry lower
3: body and the cloven hooves of goats. I'm checking out the cloud tattoo. What is it? Is it specifically? Like, do I... Detail- Does he yeah, recognize the cloud?
1: <laughs> the ones. that There's so much information
3: cloud. in that tattoo, you don't even know.
1: Go ahead and do a history check. Two. I don't know any. It looks super cool and you sort of want
3: one. <laughs> he looks at like part of his tattoo and is like trying to figure out how that could turn into a uh, into a cloud.
1: <laughs> As the three of you enter the room, Roglio, I guess that's his name now, he says, Oh my. I didn't think Audrey had such beautiful friends.
3: Hercule looks confused.
1: Nicholas turns
3: towards Jack. Jack turns towards Nicholas. <laughs> Hercure stands confused
1: Please, do have a seat There's a couple of chairs in front of the Kogobolo desk There's enough for the three of you Hercure takes a seat
2: As does Yeah, two. He does the Riker maneuver, if you're familiar with that (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's that? So one of the characters in Star Trek, whenever he sits down in a chair, rather than sitting down like a normal human being, he'll like Take his leg up and over it like he's getting on a horse from the back. <laughs> okay. so he like steps over the chair and sits down in it.
1: Roglio right. looks at the three of you lasciviously.
3: Oh, whoa! Oh. doesn't actually understand this enough to to know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor uh, summer child.
1: <laughs> he leans back into his chair and he puts his hooves. Onto his nice desk, and he says, "So I believe you're looking for Audrey's sister." Yes? Well, my name is Roglio. <laughs> what are yours? I'm Hercule, Jack. Niklaus. Uh, it is my pleasure to meet you. I'm always in the market for new customers. Since the three of you are new, I'm happy to give the three of you a discount. We appreciate that. But I do like to learn about any potential clients. Understandable, considering your line of work. So, in lieu of the regular fee, I wish to know something about each of you. Perhaps a secret of yours, or something like a childhood memory. Traumatic experience, or, you know, something that you regret. Of course, nothing, nothing blackmail level unless you wish to earn some money. <laughs> and of course if you don't wish your compatriots to learn what you want to tell me, they can always wait in the hall. And in exchange I will allow you to learn the location of a Constance
2: Lee. Does that sound fair? call's kind of glances at his compatriots
0: and you shrugs. Jack definitely is kind of. He looks uneasy, but doesn't feel like he can say anything in front of this guy. So he doesn't say anything.
2: Well, we don't have much of a choice in this situation, unfortunately. So we agree.
1: Ah, great. Who would like to go first? He looks very excited.
0: All right, I'm ready. All
1: right, Jack, you signal to Roglio. That you would like to go first. He gets up and he gently shoes Kierker and Niklaus out of the room. Alright. Please do go ahead.
0: Well, I don't want to take too much of your time because you are obviously very important. Oh no. (laughs)
1: Haha. You're such a joker. Um, He winks at you.
0: I wasn't joking. I wasn't joking. Uh, Well, uh, for me, it's no. My dad died in a factory accident when I was six. He was working in the factory, same factory that I work in right now, and uh, some big machinery fell on him, but, but it actually, uh, I don't think it killed him immediately. He actually, we had to, uh, I think he was back home, and he was in a, in a coma for a while, and we had to take care of him, and that was probably only a month, but not which isn't too long, but it's a long time, and uh, I was only six years old at the time, and it was just very strange to see your father like that. and also having to help help my mother take care of just me and my mom at that time and and yeah that's that's a lot when you're when you're when you're so young so is that, is that good enough mr roglio
1: he goes over to his uh he pulls something out from underneath his desk and he pours it into a glass
0: and he hands it to you just me yeah he doesn't pour himself a glass yeah just you jack Takes it, looks at it, and says, "Well, well, what's this? What's this for?"
1: Ah, uh, it's just some—it's just some whiskey.
0: All right, all right. Um, so, chat. Uh, give me like a second here. Okay.
1: He sees your anxiety, unsuredness, mm-hmm. and he says, "Ah, you're right. It's wrong to drink alone," and he pours himself a glass.
0: Well, thanks. Thanks for this glass. Cheers. Cheers. Clean glasses. He downs it. Okay. Only after he downs it does Jack also drink it as well. And it burns going down. Jack doesn't really drink that much. But uh, he does so and then he finally says, well, okay, well, that's enough for me, right? I guess I'll go head out and tell the next one to come in.
1: Yes, sounds good. All
0: right. Jack uh, pushes a chair away and then hurriedly gets out. He's pretty creeped out. Never, never, has met anybody like this in his life before. So, uh, he turns to the other two. and is Like, all right, one of yous next, I suppose. This guy's weird.
3: Harkir looks at Niklaus.
2: You want are- it? I can go next. Okay. okay. I head into the office, close the door, take a seat. Ruggiero
1: puts his hooves down from the table and leans in over his table to peer into your face,
2: Niklaus. Just want to say I appreciate the help you're giving us.
1: Yes, of course. Uh, audrey has been such a
2: tenuous client of mine audrey has been a good friend to us she uh saved our lives and that's that's just a freebie piece of information Mm, for you you don't say yes but as for the information i'm going to give you i'm going to tell you what changed the entire course of my life this sounds juicy
1: (laughs) he leans in even closer
2: there was a word single word Heard as if on the wind, and the hearing of that word caused my life to change forever. Do you want to know what the word was?
1: Well, please don't keep a man
2: in suspense. The word was Lenormir, and at the time I heard it, I had no idea what it meant or what it would mean, but when I came across it again, I ended up with no job and on the run from the company I used to work for. Oh, you don't say. And if you happen to come across anything associated with that word in the future... I would happily pay for more information.
1: Of course. But how did that make you feel, losing your job?
2: Well, I lost everything I had worked for. There's only one way you can feel about that. Is it? I feel some people could feel relieved. There's always opportunities when there's changes in the world around you. It's up to the individual to find those opportunities to take advantage of them. You're quite right.
1: I, too, believe in opportunities. Would you like a drink, The Last Guy? rather needed it
2: i'm fine though i appreciate the offer
1: of course well that was a very good and interesting conversation Nick Klaus. please do send in the next person
2: i sure will
0: wouldn't kind of suck if like it wasn't good enough and then you have to tell something even more <laughs> <laughs>
1: so i head out
2: and i turn to her cure and i gesture my thumb
3: like hey her nods and heads in
1: ruglio's sort of sitting sideways in his chair now and he raises his eyebrows as you enter,
3: Hyukir. Okay. He walks quietly to the chair and sits down and looks at him, but doesn't say anything.
1: You are quite a young half-orc, aren't you?
3: He kind of looks around. Yes? I do I remember
1: the the foibles of my youth. Extravagance. You had a very different youth from me, then. Perhaps, but I do wish to learn more. He leans in a little bit closer and looks at you expectantly.
3: Herker looks back at him for a minute and says, Well, it all went downhill when my father died when I was ten, and just stops.
1: Well, was it a violent death? An accident, perhaps?
3: Yes. He worked for Falcoco in Elyon. He was doing something, piece of equipment failed, and he didn't come home.
1: Ah, yes. It does happen quite a bit with these corporations. They don't seem to care too much, though. Do you miss your father? Every day. He inspects your face, and as he gets really close, he says, Would you like a drink? Okay. He pours one for you, and he pours one for himself.
3: Hercure takes the drink, gives a little salute, and downs it. He does as well. Well, tell me this here, Kyr. What was your favorite memory of your father? When it was nice, we'd go out to the park, and we would play ball, and it was just us, and it was the best.
1: Ah, yes. Good father's so rare in this city. He looks satisfied. All right. Well, for
3: my end of the deal... Should the others come in now for this? Ah, yes, sure, of course. I go back and open the door and gesture niklaus and jack and
0: let's go yep
1: audrey also heads in as well rogelio sees audrey head in and he says uh, audrey my dear your sister is located in a row of apartments or perhaps repurposed warehouses on kizzy old row you could check out apartment six seven seven well this has certainly been an enjoyable evening i certainly look forward to the three of you as future clients
0: sure thing jack gets up yes
1: please do Herker come nods. back if you need anything else he clacks his hooves together
2: there's no place I like come. there's no place I like come. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Roglio. yes here's my business card niklaus takes it and pockets it herkir stands up and starts walking out niklaus follows was Gobzu outside when we went back inside,
0: or did he also go back inside with us?
1: Uh, he came in inside for a okay. little bit. Okay, All
2: right. He was chilling with uh, Audrey. Yeah, all
1: right. The three of you had
3: outside of the Lulin Rogue. Do we know where this kissy old road is? I look at the map, try to find it.
2: Picturing, like, the old school fold-out, like, Atlas maps.
1: Yeah, for some reason you can't find the location of this address on the map.
3: All right. He looks at the map for a while, gets frustrated, like throws it on the ground.
2: It's like, hey, we might need that. can find it. Nikolas goes and picks it up off the ground. It's like, it just gets dirt and mud on it. Starts like wiping it down. Does he happen to see Tizio Road as he's cleaning it? You do not. I'm like, Audrey, do you know where that
1: place is on this map? Audrey takes a look at the map and she says, "Yeah, I
2: don't, I don't see
1: it on here." Gobzu says. Do you, do you mind if I take
2: a look at it? All right, here, here, Gobsu. And then I, I, like, take a knee so he can see it.
3: Hercule's, like, kicking a can, like, five feet away.
0: Jax is still
3: staring <laughs> off into
1: space. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at your character's No, no it's good. It's good. Gobsu says, well, I think I think old is a goblin word. What does it mean? It's a goblin word for warehouse. Yeah, maybe if there's a warehouse row.
2: I kind of look around for that.
1: Yeah, this time you take a look at the map and you're looking for Warehouse Row, not Kizzy Old Row. And you do see that it is a couple of miles away from here.
2: I think I found it. Good looking out, Gobzu.
3: Oh yeah, thanks. I like ruffle his head. <laughs> <laughs> Goblins love that.
1: Yeah, his hair sticks up where you rubbed it.
3: Nicholas is known to have lots of static electricity. <laughs> <laughs> chaos bolt
2: (laughs) (laughs) well we can go check it out it says it's not too far just a couple miles all right let's get out of here
3: what time of day is it Joey
2: it's getting
1: pretty late now it's about 10 p.m. now okay is
3: it too late Audrey to drop in on your sister
2: yeah I don't really know
1: (laughs) we don't keep in touch
3: all that often
2: well if she's in hiding going during the day might not be the best time oh yes
3: and but at eleven p.m. at night will be much better.
2: I mean, less likely for the people to notice people.
3: True, but also a good time for security organs of the state or corporation to drop in. What do you think, Jack?
2: Jack
0: kind of like snaps back and is like, yeah, uh, I don't know. There Seems to be dangers both ways, and but it's it's not far from here. You said a couple. It's a miles. couple miles, so it's that, that you know. is kind of far for walking. All right, so Jack is Jack is uh, a little bit uh, still freaked out by this guy. He needs to he needs to get get some fresh air and, and take a break from weird, uncomfortable situations. So Jack says, "Yeah, I I don't know if I'm cut out for more more activities this evening. I don't know about you guys, but that Roglio guy really whoa well, really took something out of me talking to him. Maybe we can go hit yeah. up what's this." audrey's sister tomorrow or something we can be sneaky again put on disguises
2: yeah i don't think there's a particular rush to see her today there's nothing else we need to do
0: tonight right do we need yeah right there's nothing else i don't think so
2: i don't think so is there anything else audrey
1: nah i don't think so are you looking
2: forward to seeing your sister yeah that's gonna be hard maybe you said you weren't close but were you still friendly or did y'all have a contentious relationship one could say it was sort of contentious. Well, hopefully no one holds grudges. <laughs> Constance? Yeah, of course she would. But you guys are kind of on the same side of the coin right now, on the run.
1: Maybe she was on the top side of the corn, and I was on the bottom side of the corn.
2: Well, she's still family, isn't she? Yeah. Godzoo, what do you think about that? You have anything to say to Audrey?
1: Well, whenever, whenever me and my brothers and sisters would get into arguments, we would just wrestle with knives.
0: <laughs> interesting Gobzu. interesting
2: so
1: maybe audrey and her sister should
0: do that
2: yeah they could they could do that maybe they can talk it out first see how that goes
0: yep
1: where do y'all head to well museum
0: gotta, base yeah we gotta go back to our museum and hide out for the night it's kind of safe there it seems
2: did, did we have any leftovers in our bucket
3: <laughs> no but all of y'all are pretty full okay we get our second break bucket so we have food for, in the mo- in the bra- for breakfast in the morning.
2: Should I ask for a bucket to go. I was about to say, is this place on the way, like between where we need to go and the museum, or is it out of the way? <laughs> it's pretty out of the way. Okay, well, we can make a detour <laughs> for some <laughs> tenders tomorrow. <laughs> this is a new spot. But yeah, I guess we just start heading back to uh, museum town.
1: Yeah, the group heads back to the museum and then go to bed. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Y'all head back into the break room and find your respective sleeping spots. The sleepy time music plays. Hey everyone, this is Joey, your Dungeon Master Confidant. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adequately Advanced Magic. If you're enjoying it so far, here's another friendly reminder to share it with any friends or family who might also enjoy it. We're a little behind on our production schedule due to some vacations, so for next week we're going to be releasing our first bonus episode instead of the regular campaign episode. Roy and Willie play as members of the Goblin Gang that appeared earlier in the campaign. It's a little bit sillier for sure. We had a lot of fun recording it, so be sure to catch that next week.